Hello everybody and welcome back to Newton's Nuggets. Now, I often go on a bit of a ramble here trying to introduce the show in a way that's coherent and you all understand it and you'll get it. So today, this show comes from two very tired men. Hello. <laughs> Cooey. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the pattern seems to be when both of us are very tired, things go a little bit pear-shaped. So... I apologise. We are both shattered. Yes. Um, I thought I was going to have to beat then for a second. <laughs> mate, seriously, I've done... I think I had about an hour and a half sleep last night. I've done... Hold on, I'm now going to have to count this and use fingers. One, two, three. Four meetings already. Doing this recording with you. And then I've got another meeting straight after this. I'll be honest, Jesse, I'm not really sure what I've promised people I'm going to do. <laughs> That's not any different to usual, it's fine. I know, right? I'm hoping that somebody will send me notes at some point. So, uh, today's show, should we just talk about today's show? Let's do it. Okay. Today's show I'm quite excited about. I do know this guy. Um, we've met through networking, we've met through mutual friends. He's a really nice bloke and really knows his stuff. Today's interview is with a Mr. Rick Simmons. He's brilliant. Now, he helps people and businesses create their own podcasts. Those of you who have listened to the show since the start, you know we've got Gary Jones that does that as well. But Rick has a very different attitude and background. So I kind of want to get them both in as our experts on podcasts because too many people ask me how to start a podcast. Yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah, don't do it the way we did. Jeez. <laughs> if you're listening to this, we are not the template. No. <laughs> no. We can teach you how to do everything wrong, but still somehow fluke it. Um, seriously, chatting with Gary and with Rick will be so much better for you. Actually, no, that's a lie. No, don't chat with them. Listen to their episodes on our podcast and then have a chat with them. Yes. Go look at all... I just knock stuff over in the office. Um, Professional business podcast. Um, yeah. <sighs> so, ladies and gents, here's Rick. Newton's Nuggets. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Right, I'm really excited about this one. I haven't known this guy that long, but I do love him to bits. I love what he does. I love how he helps people. One of the things that I love the most is whenever I see him on a Zoom chat, and if we're in a networking meeting of any kind, he just oozes confidence through the screen. Even his voice, it kind of makes me relax a bit. And those of you who know me well enough, that's hard to do. Okay, so, ladies and gents, I'm going to introduce you to my buddy, Mr. Rick Simmons. Rick, how are you, mate? Oh, that's a lovely intro. Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. Yeah, good to see you both. But, mate, you, honestly, you've you've got something about you, about you come into a room, like a networking room, and you just kind of show people how nice it can be to be confident on camera and with audio kit around you and just relax. It's all good. You know that's really interesting you say that because I grew up 
absolutely loving the radio. I was doing bits on the radio from the age of 11. And I was always just like, must do radio. And, and I was a radio presenter for years. And I've been a producer. And we'll probably sort of go into my history a little bit, a little bit later on. But what was really interesting was for about 20 years, I was really comfortable in my little padded studio talking to the world, introverted, extrovert. But you put me outside in front of 20 people or, or 100 people or anything like that, it utterly freaked me out. I, I found the public speaking side has been only something that's developed in the last five, 10 years. Um, but it, it, it's, it's a very different skill. And it's really interesting that I sort of learned that a little bit later on in life. But it is, it is a very interesting skill. And it, now, see, I want to ask you questions, but I'm not allowed to <laughs> stop. I need to ask you the first question that everyone expects me to ask, okay? And yeah. then we'll come back to that stuff. All right. So, Rick, could you please tell everyone who you are, what you do, and and why they should listen to me and you chatting for half an hour or so. So, yeah, I'm Rick Simmons. I run a company called Verbu. It's been in operation for the last couple of years. And most importantly, for I would imagine the listeners of your podcast, amongst a number of other digital and radio audio projects that I do, I help people make podcasts either from scratch or really polish up what they're doing already. And I work with entrepreneurs, I work with charities, I even work with uh, some big companies as well to either send out corporate communications or indeed just do something that has a real bit of worth to it. So you know, just that little bit of change in the world, that's what I want podcasts to do and that's what I want to help people do. Mate, that's a lovely way of putting it. And your background, you've already alluded to that you did a lot of radio. Did you go straight into radio when you left school? Yeah. Do you know what? Even before uh, the end of school, I was already hanging around uh, a radio station that existed for many, many years down in Bournemouth called 2CRFM. And I was, you know, getting by the youth club, I was turning up at the age of 11 and like doing the thought for the day at 6.30 in the morning. And then I was sort of co-hosting the kind of the youth show when I was sort of 14, 15 and making a pain of myself. And then when I was 17, whilst I was at college, got work experience there. First day of my work experience, when I thought this is a total failure, I'm sitting here in the corner reading the paper. They're not going to ask me to do anything. The... One of the journalists in the newsroom crashed the news car, bless her. Uh, she was all right, but she was kept in hospital overnight for observation. And they went, we're a person down. Can you edit? I went, yeah, I can. Um, and, and they thought, I think I can vaguely remember how they taught me how to do it at college. And from there on in, I just hung around like a bad smell, kept going in there every Saturday and Sunday, kind of helping out in the newsroom, pressing the buttons on a Sunday afternoon when nobody else could be bothered to turn up and it was all on tape. And, uh, you know, just, just, wheedled my way in but yeah you know from from sort of school college age obsessed obsessed all the way that makes me so happy because you have literally done the boyhood dream and turned it into your living absolutely i i go with the line whenever i'm sort of talking to people who are thinking about getting into radio or, or media or whatever it might be and i say don't if you don't knock on big doors they don't open so you know, absolutely go for it you know <laughs> worst thing that's going to happen is you know you're going to have to try another door Mate, that's a nugget in itself. If you don't knock on the big doors, they don't open. Well, that's I love that. I love that. <laughs> and, and I love the fact that you were literally sat in the corner of a room thinking this is going to turn out to be rubbish. And then because of pure chance, someone then went, we need help. Can you edit? Yeah. Mate, but talk about being in the right place at the right time because you pushed yourself to be there. That's brilliant. Love that, Rick. Right. 
So what I wanted to talk with you about today is how to start a podcast, how to do a podcast. Why would a small or medium, even big business, even consider doing a podcast? Because I now get lots of people asking me and Jesse how to make a podcast. And the fact is, right, so we've had help from people before. A guy called Gary Jones is brilliant and helped us loads. We've had people that have, that have sponsored us, and that meant we could buy more kit. Um, but the reality is... This podcast started at the start of lockdown with no finance whatsoever. We did it completely on hope and luck. And I can remember having one microphone tied with a bit of string so it didn't get shown in the camera shot because it was the only way I could put it and it didn't bounce back too much and Jesse didn't hate me for the sound. Um, but yeah, <laughs> why would a company even put themselves through starting one of these? Okay, well, a load of thoughts on that. Firstly, I do have a line that says the good news is that anybody can make a podcast and the bad news is that anybody can make a podcast. Uh, oh, because, well. you know, it, 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 it's quite often the case of like, you know, people sort of go into it and then kind of go, oh, well, I need a bit of extra support. Um, I need just some extra guidance here, uh, which is where, where sort of quite often I, I come in and help out. But the reason I think it's really powerful for uh, businesses or entrepreneurs or people like yourself trying to, sort of communicate value the main reason is you are the gatekeeper so if you and I, I know i know the amount of gigs that you do paul where where you kind of you're trying to get the publicity out there and you might in the past have sent that press release off to the newspaper or tried to get yourself on the radio and you know through the power of your personality i've no doubt that you absolutely win on that but at the end of the day they are the gatekeeper they are the ones who are kind of going that goes on that doesn't go on and i've worked in radio i've worked in in, in bits of newspapers as well so i have total respect for what they do but the great news about podcasts is you decide what goes in you decide the duration you decide the content you decide the guests and uh, ultimately, the uh, success of it is down to you as well, the amount of effort you're willing to put in to promote it, uh, to market it and get it out there. So that is the key reason why I think that podcasts are incredibly useful in the fact that you can absolutely own your brand. You can make it whatever you want to be. But also there is that element of the fact that people are searching for what the content of your podcast is. So if you did a title that says, start your own podcast. Those people who are searching, start your own podcast, you are there to solve their need. And you know you know as much as I do that in the world of business, it's not about talking about the services you provide and the things that you do and the fact that you have a family business that's been there for 40 years or you've got free parking outside. It is about, okay, how do you solve my pain? And people will be searching for that online, uh, whether that be through a podcast, whether that be through your, your podcast webpage. And if they search, how do I start a podcast? And they find your podcast, then you're going to be the authority. You're going to be the source. And if they like what you're doing, they'll stick with you and keep listening week after week after week. So it's a really great way of, even if they're not today customers, bringing those tomorrow customers on board. Mate, do you know what? I cannot agree with you more because I've had people that have heard of me They've then researched me to find out, can he host a show? Can he do this? Can he interview people while he's hosting for us? Can he run a corporate event? Can he do, you know, when he comes on and does magic tricks, is it just a magician or can he hold the audience? And I know that people have either gone to YouTube or onto Spotify or iTunes, whichever one it is, and picked various shows that they go, well, this is kind of what we work in. Is he good with this expert? 
and they've listened to the show and then they've just contacted me and gone, how do we book you? And that's almost the first time I've known that they're looking. Hmm. I mean, how powerful is that? Rather than going through the whole sales process, they've managed to look at me, figure out what I do, how I do it, like what I do, and go, yes, we want him. Just try and book him. Mate, that's that's impressive. I like that a lot. Okay, so I'm a small business. Um, actually, I'm going to pick one that you like. I'm a small or medium charity. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do I start a podcast? <laughs> How long is a piece of string? Let's go with this. Firstly, I think uh, it's really important to work out a definite niche uh, and you need to work out exactly who you're going to be aiming at and what you're going to be talking at. You, there's the danger of you being all things to all people. So you really want to niche it down, work out who you're talking to and what you're going to be talking about. You want to be sort of mapping out those first three months, maybe those first six months, working out what you're going to be talking uh, on the podcast. Also, as far as the amount of episodes you're going to do. So you know, the ideal thing is to create a podcast every week that gets published every week. But if that isn't something you can commit to, then consistency is the key. So make sure that you've got right from day one that plan to have it once a month or once a day or once a fortnight, whatever it might be. Just set yourself up for that commitment. Then it is a case of and I mean, we sort of go going in, into more depth on some of the, the trainings that I do. But, you know, it. it it is a case of finding a podcast host, and there are a number of different sort of um, uh, services out there. I tend to use Libsyn or Buzzsprout, but there are a number of others. Uh, you want to be connecting it up with, I would say, the big four. So the likes of Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, you can get aggregate gains from being on lots of other operations, but those are the key four to really be looking at. And then as far as producing your podcast goes, you want to be um, effectively just putting a little bit of investment in just to make sure that audio quality is good. So invest in a a solid microphone that's maybe 70, 80 pounds. Uh, It can plug into your laptop. You know, so that, that's not a problem. You can get free software like the likes of um, Audacity, which is spelled A-U-D-A-C-I-T-Y. That's a free bit of editing software that works on both a PC and a Mac. Or if you've got a Mac, you can use GarageBand. So it's well worth sort of teaching yourself how to edit a bit, having a bit of a play around with that. And then quite simply, you're publishing. Now, there's loads of stuff on top uh, of that. You can end up saying, OK, well, I want to make sure that I do a video with it as well. Or I want the audio to be in quality. So there are various platforms to record the audio in quality rather than the Zoom quality. Uh, you might want to create transcripts. You might want to create subtitled videos. Lots of things you can put on top of that. But at the end of the day, it's the audio that matters. And I'm a great believer in the fact that a podcast is just a bit of dig- it's just a digital audio file. It can be whatever you want it to be. So it could be uh, it could be, you know, you doing a monologue. It could be you doing an interview like we're doing now. Uh, it could be a drama. It could be a reversioning of a seminar you did that you, you recorded the, the microphone off of. Uh, it could be a review. It, it could be all kinds of things. It, it's just limited by your imagination. So, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. One final thing I'd say is if you've got the resource of two or three people, because you mentioned uh, the uh, the charity uh, podcast that I've done. Yeah. What was really interesting, we did we did a project where we were trying to get uh, 
young people, sort of 18, 20 year olds. Sal, <laughs> I'm getting old now. It's like, oh, yeah, young man. Um, but you know, 18 to 20 year olds into rural careers. So hedge laying and, you know, all that kind of sort of rural craft stuff uh, that can be a brilliant um a, you know option for for uh, people sort of coming out of university or deciding not to go to university and we found people through connected through the charity who were great advocates for what we were trying to communicate so they were out there in the field doing it and i'd suggest that if, you know even if it is a, a sort of a traditional office-based situation you've got three or four people who's the best person in your office who's the best person in your workplace who's the best advocate to uh, present or run the interviews in your outfit because it might be your 19 year old intern who's really passionate about it and really clued up and is the kind of attractive voice that people want to hear the kind of people you're trying to bring on board so uh, and put them in the environment environment they're, they're comfortable in so there I was standing on the in in a field way up in the Brecon Beacons talking to a 19 year old who absolutely loved what they were doing with his hedgling you know and that was much better than talking to some suit from charity in maybe London uh you know so so, so think about the casting as well um the casting of both your you know your your hosts and indeed the people you interview so who, who are the best people to interview if you are doing interviews who, who do you want to get on board who would be the best advocates for, for the information you're trying to communicate i've rattled on quite a lot there but i hope there's some um that there's some bits in there <laughs> Mate, it's, it's, you are allowed to rattle on because i'm just <laughs> listening to you taking notes hopefully trying to make things better in the world of newton's nuggets as well so don't worry <laughs> okay but something you said there it's a bit like um we have to be careful who we bring on the show now because mm -hmm. if, it, if it was just down to me and if it was just doing it for fun and messing about, I'd let everyone on here because I enjoy sure. it. But the fact is I now need to think about what do our listeners want and need to help them further themselves. Yes. And, again, I, I said this to you when I asked you to come on the show. I've now had so many people ask me about how to start a podcast that what I really want to do is get you and Gary on the show once every, you know, six months or a year to go, right, what's happened? What's changed? What can they do now? Because sure. these people understand this stuff is part of the future. Um, and if they can be coming in here, finding out how awesome you are and how much you can help, then surely that helps them and you. Oh, absolutely. And uh, to add to that, you know, you're sort of talking about the way things have developed and the fact that I could come back in six months and say, these are all the things that have changed because you're absolutely right. I think you very smartly started your podcast with a video element to it right from the from the outset. And that is, if I say the big thing for 2022, that is a really key part to videos. The amount of people who listen to podcasts and it, a number of them are actually listening, not viewing, but they're listening to them on YouTube. Yes. Uh, which is a, a search engine. Once again, it's these people searching in, how do I start a podcast? Or, you know, what's the best way to, you know, solve varicose veins? I don't know, whatever. Uh, you know, the, 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 the uh, YouTube is giving them the answers. And I always think those are the interesting people because here in the UK, right, we've got sort of 18, 20 million people who probably li who listen to podcasts, something like that. But that's out of a population of 70 million. So yeah. there's 40, 50 million people who either don't care about podcasts or don't currently listen to them so what the important thing i think is is to be there on youtube and to be um just 
present and, and answering those questions for people so that they might be people who don't do podcasts, but they stumble across the information you provide in the form of a podcast and suddenly they're a podcast listener. You know, it, yeah. it's like, so it, it, it's part of my vision of almost converting more people into podcast listeners by making that content available, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be in blog form, whether it be really nicely search engine optimized on your website when they put in that search term and they find it and and suddenly that they're, they're your podcast listener and you're the first podcast they've ever listened to and then they're hooked so um so this yeah is, it, we, um, interesting times so we started out just doing youtube stuff just doing video stuff and, it, and uh, newton's nuggets was actually only a five minute show where it would just be me on screen and and giving a nugget of information to try and help people and we purposely just made them five minutes and then when the lockdown happened um, I remember turning to Jesse and going, look, Nuggets is Nuggets is fun. It's great. And it gets enough people watching it, either on Facebook or on YouTube or whatever they're on. But we could make more of it. And I've got a lot of really intelligent friends who are now stuck at home and can't do anything. Could we make it a bit more of an interactive show? And we tried it. And I'll be honest with you, I'm so grateful for the first people that came on the show because there was nothing. There was no proof whatsoever about if it would ever be any good and these guys these people came on the show they just went paul you're doing it yeah we're in and yeah. and for me that was just the power of a network realistically mm. and when they came on and they made the show brilliant and then i was having people going it's a good idea that we like that and um, me and jesse researched them went is you just doing youtube okay because then we can link linkedin and facebook and all of this to it and then it was well I've listened to some other people's podcasts. I wonder how much more work it would be to convert it into a podcast that goes out. Now, you said get it out on the big four, okay? And I agree, it needs to be on those big four at least. There's a few others I would add to your list because we've had we've had some great uh, things from Audible, which was a really good one as well. But um, Oh, can I, can I just jump in there and say, if you get on Amazon, you're automatically on Audible. Ah, so 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 yeah absolutely but but yeah I, I totally agree and and yeah and the reviews link as well and you can get and the reviews are very helpful but that's another conversation that's another later. day yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah there is now just so much going through my head it's ridiculous but yeah when we looked at the amount of extra work it'd be because jesse was editing the show together anyway and he went but once i edit the show together then all i have to do is rip out the audio upload it to here and it does all the rest of the work for us. And I was like, okay, so how do we do that? And it was a case of we either put it up ourselves and force it to those main places, or I think I pay something like seven pounds a month and a service does it for us to all of them. And we were just like, well, we'll do that then and, and see if it works. And over two years later, and listeners all around the world it's just ridiculous, mate. I can't believe it. And this is honestly from starting with Jesse had better kit than I did because of his work anyway. Okay. But my kit when I started was literally the laptop and the microphone in the laptop. Yeah. The camera in the laptop. If you go back to one of the first Nugget shows, the picture on it is so grainy and horrible. It is just... The audio, oh, it, it hurts, Rick. If I go back and listen to it now, I'm like, <laughs> did we really do that? And But it worked, and it got people interested. And now we have people 
we had a show go out, I think it was something like two hours late recently because something went wrong in the tech. And I had messages from people going, why is there no show? Wow. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? Okay, so we've done it. We've decided as a charity or as a small business that we're going to do a podcast. We've done. Mm. We've listened to you on this show, okay? We've pulled a team together who have their own expertise and they're, they're going for this. You said it would help if you invest a bit, okay? And the only thing you really pointed out was the microphone. Yes. Is that is that it? Because, and I'm, I'm being careful here, because Jesse and I had somebody that we love and trust and they're a friend, and they said, I'm going to start a podcast, but I need all of this. And she literally had a list of kit that she was told she had to go and buy. And me and Jesse just looked at her and went, do you even know what we started with? And she was like, well, you, you, the two of you must have sorted all of this out in your own places. I was like, no, Paulie literally just had his laptop and had to shout a bit because the microphone was so bad. So, so what kit do you think you 100% need to start? Well, pretty much what I said, the microphone, something that you can so you can convert it to hard disk and preferably a bit of editing software so you can edit it up. That That is what you need. And it's really interesting. I was running a radio station at the start of lockdown and it suddenly struck me how simple, you know, you know, obviously it's. It's not necessarily simple editorially, but technically simple. You can make things because suddenly I had within 24 hours, my entire staff presenting radio shows, running news bulletins from their homes. And I didn't have seven studio setups to, you know, DHL out to them within 24 hours. They were standing in their in their wardrobe, um, you know, reading out the news, you know, using the, you know, dialing into the software that gave them the news content or whatever like that. So honestly, as long as the, the, the audio is of a certain quality, uh, the, 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 the microphones of a certain quality, and you sort of pay some attention to a little bit of a tweaking with the editing where it is really worthwhile. Uh, and once again, you can do that with a bit of free software. That is absolutely fine. It, it, it comes to when you start ramping up a little bit of expenses, um, it tends to be, OK, how do I promote this or how do I make it better? So it's everything from, do you know what? I want a theme tune. Well, you could get a quality copyright free theme tune and that might cost you 20, 30, 40 dollars for starters. Then you might say, well, actually, I want to have a guest with a quality microphone. Well, that's two microphones. Um, or you want to kind of go, well, I want to be able to control the volumes on both. I might then need an external sound card uh, to 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 start. So you got it absolutely right, Paul. You started out on the, with the basics of very minimum, and then worked up from there. But you know, you 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 might then want to kind of go. Well, I want a subscription to something that then um, means that I can pull the the uh, transcript off and turn it into a subtitled video that might cost you a subscription of 15, 20 pounds a month, create, you know, creating those kind of videos. Uh, then you might be kind of, well, um, I want to be, you know, recording um, in quality audio and use something like riverside.fm, which is uh, one of the, the, the outfits that I use quite a lot where rather than, and this is perfectly serviceable. We're having this conversation on zoom and it's working perfectly well, but it's a sort of, slightly scrunchy bit of audio somewhere in the middle of the internet is where it's being recorded whereas if 
I would use riverside.fm. It would record both the video and the audio of me at this end, and it record the video and the audio of you guys at that end. Uh, and then it would upload both of them from the computer hard disk to the cloud, and I'd be able to kind of go, all right, brilliant. Um, well, he coughed over me at that point, so I can remove that bit where he coughed over me, and uh, I can um, I can take a little bit more charge of some oh, quality audio. You know, so, you've just made Riverside sound interesting now. Oh, it's not so bad. It's well worth checking out. There are other options as well, but but Riverside is the one that um, that, that I, I've been using uh, over the last couple of years. And yeah, you know, there are other little options like, you know, you can see and anybody watching the video, this can see this is a, a padded studio. You don't have to go quite this mad. And my, my wife hates me when I went, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to glue 120 acoustic tiles to the walls. You're going to do what? Uh, but uh, but on the understanding that I managed to get away with that um, and it turned out to be very useful in lockdown. So I'm not going to complain. You can just get something like uh, uh, something that just sort of has a little bit of padding behind the microphone. So it stops that reverberation stops it sound like an echoey room uh, equally you might want to invest in some more pro editing software uh, with some plugins so software that removes a hiss on the line or removes a bit of um you know a bit of that reverb bit of that room noise um or just really gives it some want of a better word balls just really sort of you know right nice big sausage shaped uh, audio output, you know, with a bit of compression and stuff like that. So th there, there are ways of wasting a heck of a lot of money. Um, and yeah. believe me, I probably have wasted quite a lot of money on Do you know what? Um, Something that you said there really <laughs> rang true because me and my wife recently moved house, and then we, I got to the new house and decided which room was going to be the studio and office room. Yeah. And it was so funny because Jesse came out. Jesse actually helped me with moving in, and and he looked at this room and he went, "Yeah, yeah, that's a." That's a lovely size for the office studio. And he's looking at these solid white walls. And I could feel him just going, I want to be a sound tech. I want to be a sound tech. I've got to check that Paul doesn't leave it like this. And so now you will notice now behind me, there's books up. And oh, books are great. Are great for deadening sound. Great Absolutely. dampener, aren't they? Brilliant. Yeah. And, and they make and look intelligent like as pictures. well. So it's a winner. Yeah. And what you won't see is behind the microphone and behind the camera, there's actually kind of a blanket against that wall yeah. because that is a massively solid wall and it's painted shiny white. So it, it would happily just bounce everything back. Um, okay. But all of these things that I would not have cared about and not thought about before, whereas you look at it now and you go, that's quite important because if my yeah. voice bounces around five or six times and it's constantly heard... That just feels horrible for the whole show. Absolutely. And, th and that's sort of where I come in. Obviously, I'm really happy and I often do get people going and get people started out and sort of help them with those initial stages and come back and troubleshoot a little bit later on. But, you know, that I was talking sort of about some monetary investment. There's also time investment. So, you know, uh, the, the truth is, is that, you know, the podcast world is really taking off. And you listen to the top rated podcasts quite often. They got very highly staffed, highly paid, um, highly resourced operations going on there. Now, yeah. I always believe that content will win over everything. So if you've got amazing content and a dodgy mic, then you'll probably do all right. Uh, but if you've got duff content and great audio, you might just about get away with it. If neither of them are that great, then you're in big trouble. Uh, so you know, when it comes to whether it's you doing it on your own or bringing in somebody like me, 
it is that okay how do we turn it into something highly polished really tightly edited really well done really well storyboarded um you know great sound quality but also um then you've got a situation where you kind of go, well, can, can we make it so it's a bit more of a documentary? Uh, and we got sort of three different people talking and, and and a voiceover linking everything together. You know, once again, depending on what kind of podcast you're trying to make, because um, it is relatively simple to start with a, a conversation or a monologue. But what can you do to create features or, or you know, edit it tighter or bring in storytelling techniques that might take more hours out of your day to create a great podcast that gets more people through the doors or keeps them sticking with you because you're playing with the big boys, you know, so you are, you know, you are playing with the guys with millions of pounds behind them and the better quality and the better narrative you can do, you know, then that, that's the positive thing. So it's not just a, a monetary investment. It's also a time investment, which often is a monetary investment because you could be spending money, earning money elsewhere at other times. I, I had a, another discussion with somebody who had started a podcast a little while ago. Um, and it's quite funny because I don't go, I don't go around shouting our numbers. I don't shout about how many downloads we got. Um, I think it's because of my past in the entertainment world. I get, I really don't like people being divas and thinking mm -hmm. bigger than they actually are. I don't want to be a show offy type person. Considering what I do for a living, that is a bit of confusion in my own head. But I just, it's just not me. Okay, um, I prefer to walk out, do a good show, have everyone really enjoy themselves, and walk away into the shadows again. I'm happy. Um, but I had someone a little while ago that started a podcast. It had been going for about three months. And they went, well, I'm thinking about ditching it because I'm not as successful as you are. And I'm like, hold on. I've been doing this for 18 months now at this point. I've been doing this for this long. And it's got it's built up and built up and built up. I said, what are your numbers like? And she went, I'm only getting about 50 to 100 people each episode. Well, hold on. 50 to 100 people per episode. And she went, yeah. I was like, how much would it cost you to advertise or to get those people to come and sit with you for half an hour or an hour every week? Oh, well, I couldn't do that. No, you couldn't. And you're getting 100 people coming in and going, we're going to sit and listen to you for an hour for this week. Yeah. And until I said that, she thought that it wasn't a success. So how do you deal with no? How do you help your clients deal with the amount of numbers that they're getting as downloads and get them to realize what's good, what's bad, what's helpful, what's not? Yeah, I mean, one thing I missed out when you were sort of asking me one of the questions earlier was that danger of what's called pod fade, which happens to the majority of podcasts. So when you see these stats of how many podcasts there are out there, you know, most of them are dead. Most of them are just laid, laid yeah. dormant out there. It's people like you and hopefully people like me who keep on battling on uh, week after week. And absolutely, it is consistency that's the key. It's the six, nine, 12 month, three year, five year. You know, they're, they're, there's sort of big podcasts in America that are making good money now, but they were sort of three, four five years in the making and, and they were getting, you know, so, and, and you're absolutely right about, you know, if you could get, you know, 50 to 100 people standing in front of you at a business breakfast with a bit of networking, you'd be made up. Talking about your business, giving them value, getting them to come on side with you. So how do I handle that with potential clients? Well, I think, once again, it is about understanding their expectations and managing their expectations and instilling that consistency in them from day one. Um, and, you know, it, 
yeah, no surprise, not everybody lasts the course. Yeah, everybody just kind of goes, other priorities need to focus on something else. Um, actually, two thoughts, but I'll try to park that second thought and come back to it in a second. But as far as, yeah, as far as the managing thing, that's why I said at the beginning, you need to work out what you can manageably achieve with your podcast. If you go out there and kind of go, I need to be making podcasts every week, but you can only reasonably achieve it once a month. Um, you know, when the, when the going gets tough, then you're not you're going to start slipping and i suppose the advice i always give is never miss an episode um i mean you, you can you can you can get those episodes in the bag so you can get sort of two three four episodes ahead which is i'm rubbish at doing that but but that's a great thing so if you do have an off week or a overwhelming week or whatever then you know you you have those podcasts in the bag um but also you know it, it is it means that you're unlikely to miss a week because the minute you miss a week it's going to be much easier to miss the next week it's going to be much easier to miss the next week and then you've got a dead podcast what was the other thing that i was going to mention boy you see that that's my brain just beginning to give out um as far as consistency oh yes the other thing was like i said at the beginning um podcasts don't have because they're just a bit of digital audio. They don't have to be this weekly thing where you have a conversation with a different person every week. You know, some of the stuff that I've made has only intended to be six podcasts long. I work with a travel counsellor who uh, basically wanted to do a series of different locations. So three years from now, she can turn around to a client and kind of go, you're interested in the Arctic. Got a great guy who talks about it. Podcast number seven, go and have a listen, come back to me and book your holiday. You know, oh, you want to go to Antigua? That's episode 13. Um, you know, yeah. and she's currently taking a break. And that's fine because that wasn't the purpose of the podcast. So once again, it, it's all in that initial stages, managing expectations, working out what you want to achieve through it and how you can achieve it. And do you know what? It's the it's the uh, words longevity of it. People don't seem to realise. Me and you recording this show today, okay? And we'll edit this, and me and Jesse will put the bits in front of it and the bits behind it, and put the fun, you know, the, the jingles in there as well, and put it out. The fact is, though, that once this show goes out, it's there for a long time, okay? And that means that in two years' time. Somebody might search, how do I start a podcast? That could be in part of the description of their show. They could then fall into meeting Rick and Paul and Jesse on this one random podcast that's now two years old. Mm. And all of a sudden they go, we like how those guys talk. Mm. And you might get a direct message. I might get a direct message saying, can you introduce me to Rick? And I'll go, yeah, of course I can. And pass them over to you. But that's what a lot of people don't seem to get. If you, you're right, if you just want to do a two-month run of specific shows and put them out there, they will work for you. If you want to, me and Jesse have kind of gone nuts and done a week show every week for two and a half years now. Um, and in that time, and that was something else I was going to touch on, I missed one week, Jesse missed one week. Um, mine was for COVID, I think. I think Jesse's might have been COVID as well. But I I do remember that at both times, the person who was ill and couldn't do it almost literally had to be told off by the other one and just go to bed, you idiot. <laughs> because yeah, we're yeah. both so stubborn. It's unbelievable. I remember turning up, I can do this, I can do this turned into showman for 45 minutes to record it. The guest left, and then I just looked at Jesse and went, 
you got it. And he went, yeah. And I went, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think you're right, mate. If you start missing weeks and going, it's okay, it becomes very easy to say that whenever you want. Um, I've also had sponsors of the show who just sponsored one month and they got, you know, a little advert in every month for that month. And then a year and a half later, they've had somebody call up because the sponsorship, because it's out there. And the more popular the show becomes, the more people listen to the back catalogue. Yep. Oh, and that... That's the other bit of advice I'd offer, by the way, that, uh, you know, and I come from a radio background and, uh, and, and actually, funnily enough, just the idea of when I used to present radio shows, I used to think it's of the moment, it's out there in the ether, it's gone, it's floating off towards Mars now as a sound wave, whereas podcasts obviously are there for a, a, a good while. But there was a point that I was going to make, and it's the end of the day when we recorded this, so uh, my brain is absolute fudge, which is uh, not the best best situation. But what was I going to say? It was kind of um, relevant from the radio point of view. Oh, yeah, it's the fact that if you, like me, have spent years working in radio, you think in a very linear, forward arrow of time kind of way. You're telling people to listen for the next five minutes. You're telling them to listen uh, next week. Uh, you're telling them about what's coming up in the next hour. It's always like, keep them listening, but keep them listening forward. And I think people quite often don't take the advantage of encouraging people to go backwards with their podcast. So that's something I, I actively try to do with my podcast, where I kind of go, actually, we talked about this in episode six. If you want to hear a little bit more, go back to that episode and have a listen. Um, it, it's an for a radio person, that's a very strange thing to do. But it's it's one once again one of the great things about podcasts. I think well, podcasts you've just are the given best. me like hundred and fifty bits of content for my social media. <laughs> it's amazing. There we go. That um, yeah, honestly, that is really true, and that's a really good point because I've heard two podcasts that are good at back back advertising. Whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and now you've just made me realise why when I listen to the radio, a lot of the presenters say things like, oh, you won't believe about the conversation we have with this guy. Listen to it in about 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, 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 you know, and once again, this, this is at risk of uh, super serving you today, Paul. Uh, <laughs> the... Um, but this is where radio is good for a podcast. You know, radio training is good for a podcast because so many of these podcasts have these long preambles and they go on about it. it's the same intro every week and they warble on and on and on and on. And it's like, no, you need to grab people in the first minute and you need to keep them listening. And that's a radio hit the preset in their car and you might kind of go you'll never guess there's some amazing news coming out of hollywood i'll tell you in the next five minutes you know and that that's a radio skill that not enough people use in their podcasts so podcasts have the advantage of going backwards but quite often podcasters don't use some of the techniques that radio offers uh, uh, adequately as well you know hooking them in keeping them listening i love that and you know what i'm um so uh me and jesse are quite strict on as soon as a guest comes in as you saw today I quickly want to ask, who are mm. you, what do you do, and why should people listen? Because I think our listeners, at the start, when it's me and Jesse chatting to each other, they'll give us some leeway because they, they already know they like us, hopefully. But as soon as you get into that interview, come on, I need you to tell people why this is going to be amazing. And and by the way, you did. You nailed it. Thank you very much. Um, My pleasure. <laughs> you. It's, it's very important. Mate, I'd... I'm 
I'm gonna start to cut. <laughs> What's the one nugget sure. of information that you want yeah. everyone to walk away with today? Okay, you are talking to one person. It's a very rare medium. When you're standing up on stage, you're talking to you. You're talking about to the audience. When you're on telly, you're talking to the audience. Audio, podcast, radio, it's a one-to-one medium. So many podcasts I hear, people are just kind of going, all you guys listening, it's like, no, you're, it's a very personal, private thing. You're talking straight into somebody's ears. Uh, and you know, and if somebody did that in real life, that would be quite freaky. If you didn't, you know, if 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 they felt they were addressing like lots of people all at once. So um, yeah, it's a one-to-one medium. It's always about the words you. I don't know if you have done this. I don't know if you have um, uh, um, uh, uh, experienced this. I want you to know. Uh, and and it's anybody else that you're bringing into the picture. You're introducing them to that one listener. I hope. I hope your podcast is so successful. You have five hundred thousand listeners, but you're only ever talking to one person. And and you know what, mate? I think that's why I love it. It's so mm. different to when I walk out on stage doing magic shows in the theatre, because in a theatre I look out at the audience and I can hardly see anything, and I'm sure. kind of if something works, you hear the applause. You know, whereas with a podcast, it, you're right. And it's a weird experience. Once you think about it too much, it feels a bit strange. But you are literally the voice in someone's head mm. because they've got their their earphones in and they're listening to just you at that moment. And I think that's amazing. It's it's an amazing connection you can have with other human beings. And I love it, Rick. I really yeah. do. Awesome stuff. Well, clearly, do you're two and a half years in and still uh, and still doing the business. So and something's uh, still working. Um, <laughs> but you, but you're, you're right, mate. The fall off. I I think far too many amazing podcasts disappear by month three, mm-hmm. and and I'm gutted about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. We're now going to go back to just me and Jesse chatting. There's going to be a quick advert. It'll be me and Jesse chatting about Rick behind his back. He's not going to get to know what we say about him until the show goes out. Okay. Okay, God. Rick, I want to say thank you very much for spending some of your time with us, mate. It's really appreciated. Rick, do you want to say goodbye to everyone? Uh, Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Ladies and gents, I'll see you in a minute. Hello. Are you back? Are you with us? That was a lot of information. I know. I know that was a lot of interview. We went from that read radio and his background and how he started, why he got into podcasts, the type of people he's helping, how to start up, what not to do, what to do, how expensive it can be, how 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 non-expensive it can be. I loved that he agreed with us, Jesse, that you do not have to spend a fortune just to start out in podcasting. And I also loved that he kind of said longevity and playing the long game is the master to this because too many people start out, do about five or six shows and then disappear. Yes. Now, before before we go on to anything else, I would like to take this moment to address something you've said there, which Uh is there is an awful lot of information in this particular episode. There is. Now, I can see that a lot of people are going to listen to this, for example, where they're driving to somewhere like a meeting or something or whilst they're walking their lizard um and whilst they're doing that they're thinking wow this is a great episode i'm going to listen i'm i really ought to listen to this back 
Now, whilst you're doing that, that means you're probably, next time you're going to be there, is go and listen again on the same platform, Spotify, Audible, you know, Apple Podcasts, anything like that, possibly even uh, through Amazon. Please take this opportunity to leave us a lovely rating and even a review. That would be lovely. Thank you very much. And then go on to sit down with a pad and paper and write some notes while you're listening. I love that. I love everything you just said. The only thing I'm a bit confused about is walking your lizard. Lizards need walking too? Ah. Hashtag lizards too. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to go down a whole route that we shouldn't go down. So what did you think? Because that was the first time you met Rick. Yeah, I really, really love... I love radio people, anyway. Because, especially people like Rick, because there's there's two types of people that work in in radio. There's people like Rick, and we've previously had Simon Clark. I want to say Simon Clark on. Yeah. And, um, And you get radio people like them who are still radio geeks but they also have great personalities and are quite people people and you get the other types of radio people who I also love who are the radio super nerds and they're what to explain to people what me and Paulie say affectionately and with love because they're our kind of people they're a bit weird <laughs> I like weird. Weird, weird is a compliment in unashamedly weird. I yeah. like it. Um, um, and I'm, yeah, we I'm... love that. So I love radio people anyway. So I love that he's come from that radio background. And you're right. His weirdness and his geekiness really does shine through. And if he hadn't been at that work placement, trying to you know just get in, and then flukily being a, when somebody was a t- team member down, go, oh, can you edit stuff? Yes, yes, I can. Prove yourself on the fly. Oh, my word. Mate, the amount of times that I've jumped at an opportunity when I've seen, like, 20, 30 other people go, oh, no, I can't do that because it's not perfect yet. Yeah, give me the mic. Come on, let's go. Yeah. And just try it. What? Even do, if you fall flat on your face, it doesn't matter. Do you know what? I think that's true of anything. There was two, there were a couple of things that I learned. Because he, if you remember back to... Um, we had Becca Pountney on, and she was basically... She wanted to work on TV, so she just kept she being there. Random people, didn't she? Yeah, she just did whatever she could. She wasn't worried about the money. She just wanted to be there. Yeah. Um. So that was one thing that I, I thought they had in similar in, in common that I thought was really good. And the other thing that um is that just like exactly what you've just said, like just go for it. Sometimes, yeah. you know, I I've been on a number of different business groups and things where where they basically say oh I've got we we've got something going on with such and such an expert like a, an Instagram expert or whatever yeah um and as part of it we're going to do um we're going to do a you know a, a review of different people's social profiles or whatever and, you know something like that yeah. and it always amazes me that I put my name forward to those things and I always get it get on yeah and and it makes me laugh because people are like oh i don't know if i can like oh they're going to criticize me in public and i'm like i'll go for it (laughs) give me free feedback i mean as paul will tell you newton's nuggets has come into a little bit of a a personal 
ass kicking basically <laughs> so we'll we will have people on the show to kick us up the backside to but it's fine because we're all improving and we accept that we're not perfect and that's cool this is it mate and and do you know what if it takes me to stand up and go i don't know i get it I yeah. get it. And, and for experts to go, actually, Paul, you should do this, this, and this. If that means a shit load of people learn because I'm willing to go, I don't know, I get it. I'm good with that, to be blatantly honest with you. Yeah. Um, I, oh, you, right. Talking just... of which, mm. patreon.com forward slash Newton's Nuggets. Nice. Uh, if you want to hear. proper advertising tip today. I am. Yeah. I am all over it today if you want to get all the extra bits and pieces from as little as five pound a month you can get all the extra interviews extra content that we put out and part of that is after we paulie's done the interview with our guests um basically i will i i then use a listener's eye view to ask further questions about something they've said so it's essentially uh put your hand up at the end and uh, uh, anybody got any questions? And yes, that's me. I've got questions. Uh, and mate, and you actually, know what? I'm the... loving the questions you come up with because you come from a complete curveball side of it of things that I haven't thought of, and I really enjoy. I really enjoy being a fly on the wall listening to that. Bit. And I can I can actually ask the question really because sometimes the questions that come from me are convoluted and it's still a con- conversation. But this time, uh, for example, we asked him what are the mistakes people make with making podcasts and if you want to hear the answer to that go to patreon.com forward slash newton's nuggets i'm with you i'm with you (laughs) get us actually Um, promoting something for a change (laughs) one thing i want to drop in when when i went off on a rant about just try and do it many years ago i was chief technician for a show in this little theater in london um, the theatre is called The Hen and Chickens. It's a theatre above a pub. It's amazing. There's only like 40 or 50 seats. But we're doing the show there with some friends. And this girl came in before the show started and she said, look, I'm interested in being a technician for theatres. Is there any chance that you would let me help with the show? You know, I'll move props on stage if you want. I'm do and I went, yeah, all right. I said, there's no pay and there's only like a four-night run. But if you want to do this, I'll happily do it and I'll teach you stuff while we're working. And she went, brilliant, brilliant, that's brilliant. And she was at college and she was learning tech at the time and she came and helped us with this four-night run of this show. She was awesome, okay? Her name is Caroline. I don't know if she listens to the show. She's still connected to me on Facebook. She was absolutely awesome. If I needed something moved, she did it. If a light needed refocusing, she did it. If the sound was out a bit, she was on it before I was, and I was just so impressed. That was in about October time. Christmas time, I was part of a technical team for a big panto. Tech team turned around to me and went, we're down a person. We need somebody else to do stage crew. I picked up my phone, called Caroline and went, do you want to come and do stage crew for a panto that I'm working on? Oh, oh yeah, I'd love to. Um, I don't know how I'm going to cover expenses, though, because, you know, I'm at college and stuff. And I went, how about you cover them with your pay? She's like, what? <laughs> said this is a six-week run i want to employ you on full pay because i've already worked for you and you've proved yourself and seriously she was just like no wait really really she then did a six-week run with me and some of my friends those friends saw how good she was she got employed to do other gigs because of those people mate she's one of the best technicians in the country now yeah 
because and it all kicked off because she walked up and had the the nerve to come up to this bloke she'd never met and said, "Can I learn some techie stuff from you, mate?" I'm so proud of Caroline. She's done so well, um, and, and now I hope she listens to this. She'll realise that actually I do like her. I'm just not. I mean, get all the time. There we go. Um, what else do we um, need to do about the show? As, as a side note on technicians, um, you know the big Foo Fighters um, at we- show at Wembley a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. My a, a friend of mine was a tech at that show. She's got a picture of herself doing a little selfie by um, one of the amps because they had just a whole massive row of amps going lined up. But yeah, it was just really cool. And, and do you know what? I saw that and I thought it doesn't really matter what it is that you want to do. There's if you work hard because she's been working hard for a good few years on this. But she's you know at the end of the day she started in the same way as your you know, your friend did. Um, uh, and yeah, I just, I saw it and it was like, I only know her through working through photographing bands and things, but I was, yeah. I was like really proud cause she'd gone, you know, she's obviously worked really hard to get to that. But also at the same time, it was like, well, do you know what? It goes to show that you literally can do anything if you set your sights to it. Too right. Get out there and prove yourself. Yeah. So well done, Sophie. That's freaking awesome. Well done, Sophie. <laughs> well done, Caroline. Mate, yeah. still proud of you. Um, okay. Rick and the show. There was a bit that we said that, that you mentioned to me while I was doing the interview. Um, we were talking about... Um, there was one point. Was it to do with the fact that I was off sick during one of the shows? Ah, that's right. Because we were talking about the fact that I... Because I actually worked through covid yeah, because um, I had COVID during one of the shows, and it was when when we got to the hottest part of the year this summer. So it was like, I think my office was showing about thirty eight degrees, and I had the temperature of about forty degrees. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was bad. But um, but yeah, we I the only time I think I've really ever missed a show was uh, when I had flu, and that was just before you got COVID. Yeah, and so we were covering each other's backsides, and there was that crossover period where I was still ill, but then had to cover a Paul and Jesse show. Well, that was December last year, wasn't it? Shut up, Paul. We don't need any more information than that. Episode. Uh, what was what was the number of the episode again? It wasn't eighty-four. Shut up. Leave it alone. Eighty-four. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, oh, there's the only reason I remember that is because of people like you. <laughs> But you know what? It amuses me. It's not just you. There's a number. You to say it. There's a number of listeners that say it every time something happens as well. They say what, Jesse? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Back to more sensible stuff because we are running short on time. As um, yeah, one one really quick point I wanted to make about doing a podcast is you don't have, like me and Paulie have been. We don't have to be good at it to start with. As you can tell now, Paul can't shut me up. But one of the things that I found that podcasting is really good for is learning how to learn enough about a subject that you feel comfortable just to speak and speak really well. You know, I don't yeah. um and ah as much as I used to. I don't stop for 15 seconds with just dead space thinking about what I'm going to say next as much. I just ramble on like, I, <laughs> like you can all hear now. <laughs> Mate, but this is it. But we've both changed so much over this journey, and yeah. and I've got to say, I love it, dude. I 
yeah. really enjoy it. Um, something that Rick said that I absolutely loved was if you can make something that changes the world just a little bit for the better, then then why not? Um, that for me is brilliant. And the nugget of if you do make a podcast, just consider you are talking to one person at a time because it's really personal. We, we Right now, I know that you've got my voice going into your ears, probably through your headphones. Maybe it's in the speakers of your car. I don't know, but this is really personal. And I want to say, when I listen to that nugget, I wanted to say thank you so much for giving us this time. Yeah. You're awesome. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Um Right. We're I'm running do... out of time. We need to go into Nuggeteer of the Week. Yeah, I'm going to do Nuggeteer of the Week, and then I want to make one announcement, and it's a bit of a serious one, and we want to end the show on that. Okay? Cool. Yeah, nice. So, Nuggeteer of the Week for me this week. This is a... Jingle. Jingle. It's time for the Nuggeteer of the Week. Nuggeteer of this week for you is is a, a young lady called Ruth Mundy. Ruth works at a venue that I do a lot of magic shows at and I do I do wedding stuff at and I love being there. It's a place called Balma Lawn and I'll probably get told off for saying it wrong again because I do get told off for that. But right, the reason for this one, Jesse, is Ruth is quite a new listener to the podcast. She heard you on Becca Pounty's show. Then she found out that we've got a podcast and she came in and listened to it. And then she got all excited about it. And then she she's messaged me about it a couple of times. And then on Sunday when she saw me, she was like, your podcast, I like your podcast. I was listening to your podcast. And we were talking about it. And then she admitted that she wants to do a podcast as well. And we're now at the point that I'm chatting with her about how it could be amazing for her and or Michael, who who's the big boss at Balmalon as well, either of them to come on the show and talk about hospitality and talk about weddings and their feelings for the future of the industry. Um, do you know what? It just made me excited about the show again. Yeah. Seeing somebody new that's listening to it and they just went, I like this, this is great. And it just made me go, wow, we're having an effect. Yeah. Um, so, Ruth, if you're listening to this one, mate, you now get a couple of badges with mine and Jesse's face on them. Woohoo! And how exciting is that? I'm going to hand deliver them. I like that place. I'll go in for a cup of tea. Um, so, anything else we need to say on the show? Um, no. You've got your one announcement left. My 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 announcement. This is. Um, oh no! Right. The the. No, don't worry about that. I'll do social media about the show thing because that's a social media thingy. This one. Um, our country at the moment is in a weird state of mourning because we've just lost Queen Elizabeth, who, who I don't actually care if you're a royalist, if you love them, if you hated them, whatever. That's not my concern at all. It's nothing to do with me. What I will say, though, is I believe that lady was an amazing lady who spent her whole life in service to this country. So I want to say thank you so much, Queen Elizabeth. You were absolutely brilliant however you're feeling about this at the moment is right for you okay mm -hmm. so let's get through this together um the funeral is coming up on monday coming uh it's going to be weird for all of us it's going to be strange and i think we're going to be saying god save the queen for a long time by accident and yeah it's it's just weird isn't it mate yeah it really um, is. 
so yeah good luck to charles good luck to the whole royal family i don't know how you're going to manage to fill that void of the woman who by all accounts from every story i'm hearing she was cheeky she was funny she knew when to stamp her feet to get away and she knew how to help people so ladies and gents that's newton's nuggets we'll see you next week bye Nothing.